goes. On June 16, 2021, Governor Baker signed into law, quote, an act extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency, unquote. This act includes an extension until April 1, 2022 of the remote meeting provisions of the governor's March 12, 2020 executive order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law. In accordance with the 2020 executive order, this meeting of the city of Medford Energy and Environment Committee is being conducted totally via remote participation using Zoom, including committee members and the public. The use of Zoom complies with law's requirements to provide live, quote, adequate alternative means, unquote, of public access to the deliberations of the public body instead of holding meetings in a public place that is open and physically accessible to the public. Persons who would like to listen to or view this meeting while in progress may do so by using the link that was included on the meeting agenda posted on the City of Medford website. If despite our best efforts, we are not able to provide for real-time access, we will post a record of this meeting on the city's website in the near future with the link provided in the meeting agenda. So that's the opening statement, making this a legal meeting. Anyone else join in the meantime? All right, we have uh, basically 11 of the 14 members and, and Nicole will be the 12th joining. So this is fantastic. Welcome to you all. Let's see. So I see then um, besides me, we have Luke and Benji Miller and we've got Gaston, Loretta, Kathleen, Dave, Chris, John Rogers, Jerry, and Paul. We have um, and Sue Brown is a, a visitor we've had many times and, and Leah is, is helping to take notes. And of course, Alicia, back from vacation. Okay, um, review of minutes. We got those today. Does anyone have any um, comments on the June minutes of the June 7th meeting? If none, I will entertain a motion to accept the minutes as provided. So someone has to make a motion. I will make a motion to accept the minutes as provided. I, I can I can second it. So I'll do a roll call. Uh, say yes if you agree to accept the minutes. Uh, Luke. Yes. Bob, yes. Barry. Yes. Loretta. It's be on off mute already. Yes. Okay, Kathleen. Yes. John. I don't know if you were even at the meeting, but if you if you can abstain if you weren't at this previous meeting. I was just muted. Yes. Okay. And Dave. Abstain, I wasn't there. Okay. Chris? Yes. Gaston? Yes. I know Benji unfortunately missed it. Paul. Yes. All right. For those who were in attendance, they've all accepted the minutes. Let's move on then. All right, Alicia, um, this is your time to provide administrative updates. Um, so mostly I want to, I don't think Leah has been to one of these meetings before. I want to introduce Leah Burkhart. 
She's a Tufts undergraduate who's actually helped. She, her job with us is to organize the energy festival this year, as well as doing some other energy stuff. And she uh, agreed to both come and provide a live update of energy things festival for the meeting, but also to take notes and, and to help staff the meeting this evening. Um, Nana's been to a lot of our meetings. She's starting to phase out. She actually has a uh, fellowship working for the international agency that we do our greenhouse gas reporting to. They, they hired, she would actually be the second one of our interns that they have hired. Um, so uh, she's still around, but she's cutting down her hours and I'm starting to uh, explore bringing on some new climate interns. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, yes. Hi, Leah. We'll get into the uh, Harvest Energy Festival after the administrative updates. Are there anything from uh, the mayor in terms of any directives or things that the committee should be aware of? Um, nothing very specifically. She's really been very interested in seeing parks and open space projects. She has been hounding the staff to get the um, the trees stumps removed and trees planted to get that procurement done because it's been taking an incredibly long time to do that procurement um way longer than anybody anticipated um but she's been extremely hands-on with those projects meeting regularly with us um she has not come out and said this is what i'd like the energy committee to be focused on or working on um the other things that are sort of useful is that every time she meets with a developer and they're like, well, what, you know, what are you beyond like the type of building, right? Life sciences or whatever, which they're presenting an actual building. She's like, so they're going to be solar panels on this, right? And then she's always asking them if they would pay for the installation of blue bikes stations. Um, so we do have some grants to get blue bike stations. And we have some tentative agreements from a couple of different developers um, to do blue bike stations around the city as well that we're, we're working through the details on that. Um, so those are sort of an indication of where her priorities have been and what's been occurring to, to her. So. Is, is blue bike, is that a, is that a new development? Uh, I, I didn't know if there was a, an established set of um, vendors for rent, bike rentals that's the one that is predominant in the Boston area. So that's the one that's all in Boston, Cambridge, Somerville, and they have requirements about how far apart their stations would be. So like you can't leapfrog over to Medford and like install them in Melrose, for example. So we actually did a grant application with Malden so that we could space them through Medford and into Malden, branching out of where Somerville has them. Um, and we received that grant. So yeah, it, it's, and it's docked, so they would be actual as opposed to the dockless uh, versions. I'm sorry, who provided the grant? It's a mass DOT uh, oh. grant. I forget which program, but it's mass DOT. Okay. Maybe you had a question? Oh, I was just curious if blue bikes included e-bikes. I am fairly certain they do not. I'm sorry. I'm 
I may duck out for one second. I realize that my internet is unstable in here and that there's an right. ethernet cable, but I need the adapter and that will make this entire meeting go more smoothly on my end. Um, I just have to remember where exactly I saw it last night. Because okay. as Bob mentioned, I got back from vacation last night. Right. So are there other, Jane, is there other questions? Somebody... One, one question for you, Alicia, was the, the status of the clipper ship uh, tr a thing, trail, whatever you want to call it. So the clipper ship connector um, that's going to go from Medford Square into Riverbend Park, it's totally on track to be built. The state is going to fund the construction of it. Um, we are working through, we need to give them an easement. So you will see it on the city council agenda in the near future. Um, the city, I want to say 90 feet from where the uh, 99 Riverside is to Clippership Drive. Um, and the idea is if we give them the easement, then they'll just pay for the construction, um, which is very nice. Um, and we've been working through on the other end, um, because the state holds a conservation easement on Riverbend Park, that includes sort of the ability to maintain paths. Um, they are able to do the work on the other end without getting an additional easement from the city. And actually by working through that easement with them, there's an unpaved path along between the dog park and the river. And that is a predominant path and people kind of wonder why that's unpaved. And actually the state is planning to pave that in the next month or two. Um, it's on their list of paths. They're basically doing it as a favor to us. We had gotten a grant to do it. Things became complicated. They hire companies to pave paths constantly. Um, they actually have an on-call company. And so they just added it to their um, list as opposed to, so I said, can you take back the grant and just pave the path instead? And they said, yes. Um, so that's actually very helpful. Um, and I expect that to happen this fall, this summer or fall, but the clipper ship is going to be next spring. It'll go out to bid for construction this winter. It's too big of a project to do in anything less than one construction season. And they strongly prefer to do the whole thing in one season. So construction is not starting in 2021 then? I thought online that's what it said. Originally, it, the construction was going to be in 2021, um, but between the easement so they need this easement from us which is not really a big deal but they need one from from the 99 riverside as a private owner and then next is medford housing authority and because that is actually that piece of property there is actually federal housing authority property it takes much longer to get the agreements in place than anybody anticipated and then with the pandemic everything like shut down for a while. So it, it's just taken much longer to get those easements done than they anticipated. Um, but then once they realized that they couldn't do it all this season, they're honestly at this point, they're still working through some of the easements, um, but they expect to be able to construct next, starting in 2022. But uh, with all of our projects, usually funding is the issue to pay for it. The nice thing in this case is it's not a money problem. 
it's just a paperwork problem. So. Okay, I think we're done with the administrative updates. And I'd like to get into now event planning for the rest of the year, focusing on Harvest Your Energy Festival. But is there any other, is there any other event we need to be aware of prior to October? Leah, while I duck out, why don't you talk to them about the other one that you're working on? So um, I'm currently working with Green Energy Consumers Alliance to set up a wind turbine tour slash uh, electric vehicle showcase, which will be on September 18th. I believe that's a Saturday um, in River Riverbend Park, um, most likely from 11 to 1. Awesome. Great. And then for the festival, uh, so far we have about 20 exhibitors um, and we're still taking applications and sponsors. Um, right now we have the Medford Family Network is sponsoring Knucklebones, which is a like children's play equipment rental service. So they'll bring kind of games and like fun things for kids uh, to play on to the festival and MFN is paying for that directly. Um, we are also working with Ocean River Institute to set up, uh, they're sponsoring the festival and in exchange, Medford is participating in their um, natural lawns for healthy soils competition which is aiming to get residents to pledge to stop using quick release fertilizers on their lawns. What is the organization again, please? Ocean River Institute. Ocean River. That's great. Um, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to note, and forgive me, I don't have the um the details but uh anyone who is not already using um quick release fertilizers and things like that on their lawns uh you can go to the go green website and and sign a pledge uh that you are going to be helping to protect um against uh kind of um, pollution in our storm water runoff um but anyway, that sounds like a great program. Letting us know about that. For the festival, and it's October 16th, I believe, right? Um, we are hoping to be outside. Now, is there a, I don't know if we're getting back to last year's dilemma. If it's bad weather, is it not gonna happen? What do you think, Alicia? Um, great, that just worked. Sorry, I used the double adapter to get on the Ethernet. Um, if things are were right now, we could hold the, the festival inside because right now you're allowed to do inside stuff, vaccinated people, we'd be allowed. Um, we just can't predict where we will be in October. And our hope is inside. We're making plans for the rain date inside. In fact, we asked Marie if we went inside 
how would she feel about having knuckle bones upstairs in the gymnasium? Um, and she was good with that. Um, but I don't know. The numbers were worse today than they were yesterday. So it's hard to say, right? All right. Might be even better by October. You never know. Maybe okay. all our six to 12 year olds will be vaccinated by then. So I don't think so. We're hoping. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in terms of planning for that, um, is that going well? Do you need any assistance in any way? Planning is going pretty smoothly so far. Um, but I will keep you guys updated on everything. Um, we were talking about whether to have any green awards, and I think we sort of decided um, unless we see, uh, we really don't have a program in place to uh, actively pursue candidates. We haven't announced the, the program. And there was some debate as to whether it was, you know, made sense because we are usually trying to just find candidates at the last minute. So at this time, uh, we haven't really planned to give out green awards, but I don't know if Alicia, you have any opinions on that. Well, my opinion hasn't changed. If somebody, if people become aware of a business or a person who they think is very deserving, then there's no reason why we couldn't fill out the application and submit it and all. Um, but I, as a general rule, I feel like our efforts are better uh, aimed elsewhere than trying to scrape the bottom. I would much rather have members of the committee helping to find good exhibitors for the energy festival or soliciting raffle prizes or right, doing stuff that'll be a more active uh, role in the festival um, because we haven't found that giving out these awards really makes the change we were hoping to see with them. So now that's not to say if somebody says, Alicia, here is this, or committee, here is this wonderful company that we really should be rewarding and noting and, um, Right. Like, I think I feel like one of the great ones was there was a dry cleaning company that had actually got a grant to convert their whole process to being green. And they had brought it all in house and they were using all green systems for doing dry cleaning um, and they were doing all their jobs locally. And that like that was the kind of thing that truly deserved a green award. It was no corporate entity telling them they had to do it. It wasn't just the standard way the business is done. They, they went out of their way and they made a big effort, right? And by the way, I'll just plug them. Their neighborhood dry cleaners are in West Medford. Um, but I think that's sort of what we're looking for is, is companies or people who really go above and beyond. The perfect example too, is that you would never give me a green award because what I do, this is my job. You would give it to somebody who it's not their job and they're organizing and running and, and doing all kinds of, of efforts. Um, so, I mean, I think that 
there's no reason why we couldn't give them without ever announcing them and saying the nominations are open. I'm mildly hesitant to make a big splash about, hey, there are these green awards, nominate somebody. And then people go, well, what happened? Did You never gave any. Um, if you look on our website, there are like 50 past recipients of this award. Mm, exactly. Okay. I just also want to add that in terms of help, I've realized that several of the members are new um, since the last Real Energy Festival. First of all, please, everybody put the date on your calendar. Please plan to come. Please plan to be there. It starts at noon. We actually really can use help from this committee and other volunteers starting at 10 to set up tables to help the vendors set up. Um, it's hard to imagine, but there's always a lot to do at these events. And so the more help we can have, the better, including staffing sort of our own tables, um, but to just be organized. So we really do look to all the members to come help volunteer at the event the day of. Um, and Leah has the uh, letter about how introducing the festival to possible exhibitors. And she has both a PDF of the ex exhibitor registration form and an online fill out version. Um, so Leah, after the meeting, can you send those around to the committee or if you send them to me, I'll forward them to the committee. You have to be on the email list to send to it. Um, that would be great. Thanks, and can you just remind us again, the date is October 16th. October 16th. Yes. It's noon to three. We can really use help from 10 to about 3.30. Mm -hmm. It's sort of amazing. It, it takes an effort to get it set up and it somehow just seems to disappear in the blink of an eye afterwards. Alicia and Bob, can I just add? Please. Please. Bob. Okay. Um, I want to thank Leah. I've been working with her on the festival. In the past, we've had, you know, a Havisher Energy Committee, but now we have so many committees. We're just helping. I've been doing this for a while. So I want to thank Leah for her help. Um, one of the things that came up is Wegmans has always contributed to our festival. And we usually decide as a group, what do we need? What would we like to ask for, for a donation? So Bob, in the past, you mentioned a cake and that was because um, Wendy, our windmill um, was 10 years old, I think. So they did a cake in- 2019, that's yeah. right. Plus they did other things too. So um, we have the general list, but I think, you know, if anybody would like to add to that, Usually they give us um, the booklets called Hit the Trail and they give us uh, reusable shopping bags. They may give us a gift certificate to raffle off because we have a free raffle. Um, but we can ask for specific things if needed. You know, if we want to, it could be an organic food basket or usually the larger retailers or any retailers, it's very hard for them to attend because of staffing. But they might give us little bags of organic snacks or water. And then of course we run around and try to pick all the stuff up. They don't deliver. 
Hi, Leah and Loretta. <laughs> uh, I'm, I would Hi. be uh, excited to be a part of your effort here. Um, okay. You know, if you can send, you know, we'll look forward to getting the list of what's available. Um, I don't know if I'm available well, on that on that Saturday, but I, I'm happy to go out and get donations and help you accomplish other stuff in the lead up. So please let me know how I can help. And Leah has a car too. Thank you. So she's going to be able to pick up some things. Um, but I just want to know from the group, is there anything you know, that I might not think of that they have that they can donate? The cake, the cake was like too much because we had to stand there and cut all the pieces and the plates and it was just like, okay. Well, that was only a one-time event. Yeah. We are, are also, we, we're not giving away like these um, prizes, right? Door prizes. What? What? I'm sorry. Are we we are are we are we we are not giving away door prizes this year. Well, they, it's a raffle. It's for companies to donate if they'd like to. Okay. And as people but attend, they're free. It's free. Yeah. For attendees. So yeah. We've been doing that for years. Okay, I didn't know if we were going to do that again. I thought last year we were not going to do it. But no, no. What happens is that um, there are many, many vendors uh, and businesses that would like to come. They can't come, and they may choose to donate something to show their support or become a sponsor and not attend. But uh, many of them will donate something that may be environmentally appropriate to give away. Last year, we didn't do the raffle for two reasons. And one was that we felt so tentative about the whole event that I was very nervous about many of the businesses give us physical things and stuff. Mm -hmm. Very nervous about collecting things for an event that would then not occur. Right. Um, so we said it's better to not. And also, I feel like at this time last year, we were still questioning whether the virus was transmitted um, by touch and by surface contacts. And right. so there was a lot of don't touch things and then hand them to people. And um, we really found that it's not a surface contact thing now, that right. picking things up and handing stuff out is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. It's a much bigger risk that you're close enough to somebody to breathe on them when you're handing them something than that you're touching something that they've touched. Um, this so is I, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, raffle right. is fine to do and my gut feeling is that this event is going to happen um so i'm i'm i don't those issues i feel like that the reasons why we didn't do the raffle last year are sort of set aside mm -hmm. so that was the question if the committee doesn't want to pick you know i can just work that out with alicia to see if there's any but i'd prefer to have some thoughts about that right there's a good question like would they put together like a, a basket for us of organic like food items or something they did and, that before yeah they did yeah. that before. and it had yeah, to get inside the basket too They're very generous i just right. have to ask them and i have forms to fill out ahead of time and they usually say yes right i feel like having a basket like that is like nice on the raffle table and it's perhaps more attractive than just to get and I think what you're suggesting is like if we wanted them to give us boxes of granola bars that we could hand out or something right like anything they sell we could ask for right um, and at least I know if we need more tote bags because we had so many and they're so heavy 
the reusable shopping bags. Because as people go around in the festival, just like any festival, they pick up lots of written materials and they need something to put it in, like a little tote bag. So I will tell you, I am a fan of the, the reusable bags and we uh -huh. are almost out of them in the office. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know. That's yep, okay. So almost out of them. They're very heavy. Those boxes should see my car. <laughs> so we will need some strong people to pick those up. I have teenage teenagers that drive now. Maybe we'll task them with that. I'll help you. Well, okay. So we'll, I'll ask for boxes. And one year we got like 250 of them. Oh, boy. Okay. Some of you may remember that the first year or two of the festival, so we always get um, high school students to volunteer. And I, um, for the first two years, I always asked the students if there was somebody who would volunteer, who as their volunteer job would watch my children during the festival. And there are always high school kids who are excited to do that. And those kids are now seniors in high school this fall. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. Right. Think about how old those high school students are now. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the interesting things you might want to know, I was so disappointed to have been a big supporter for, I don't know how many years now, more than five, seven, something, long time, Techniart. And Techniart is a big draw to the festival. They put together the big colored box full of energy efficient lighting and um, attachments like surge suppressors. It's a very expensive box with modern, modern energy efficient lighting. Even night lights that have color and whatever. And the boxes are $10. And the last time they came, they were donating a portion of that to veterans. And sometimes it's the big pink box with the handle and people order them like crazy and they come. Uh, they're not doing any events um, at all. And they call them pop-up events this year because of COVID and planning. I'm still going to see if they have, what they have on the website. Maybe, you know, I'm still going to check because it's a I, huge drawer for us. I will say that um, uh, lighting is being, uh, the incentives for the LED lighting are kind of going away. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not likely that we're going to see a whole lot more donations of lighting in particular um, uh, as a as at least as a, a component of that kind of uh, box um, so if they Do are still doing mass something save? Do you mean that? through mass save yeah through mass save but also in general the energy efficiency because lighting is now essentially all led um, mm -hmm. Uh, there's no need to further promote LED lighting. Um, it's kind of now the standard. And so that's interesting. The, yeah, the utilities and the DOER, for instance, are, are uh, basically saying lighting is no longer something to be incentivized, which is mm -hmm. kind of unfortunate because you can still do better. <laughs> um, right. But, and yeah. many people don't have LED, and there's so many yeah. different types of um, possibilities with that. And that, that was what was in the box, as many items for $10. I mean, it was, you know. 
some of the surge suppressors were 50 to $80 items that were in the box. So, but I'll still follow up and see what they have on their website. Maybe they'll change their mind. I think whatever they have would be great. I had a question, Alicia, about the agenda. We, since we don't have planned a green awards, which is like the, the big ceremony in the middle, is there any presentation at all planned, except maybe tours of the wind turbine? So we'll definitely plan to do tours of the wind turbine with um, Green Energy Consumer Alliance. Um, they're on board to co-sponsor. Um, and I think that we should come up with something. Um, I'll work with the mayor's communication staff to have her do like some sort of speech, environmental speech. Um, it would be a good time, like if we'd got some grants recently or announcing projects and stuff to do that. Um, it's hard to predict what'll be the right thing then. Um, it'll also be very close to the new library opening. So maybe some talking about the new net zero library while we wouldn't be there. Obviously that will have its own ribbon cutting, but um, I'll work with the mayor's office and we'll plan to do some sort of speechy kind of thing probably not 45 minutes worth which we've been known to do with the green awards maybe more like five to seven um that would be a good thing if anybody thought of if there's other people like i was just thinking wouldn't it be great if we could get um catherine clark to come say a few words or something like that um i don't know if you guys all saw that she was just in medford um, to do a little press event because of funding that she's getting us for the from the federal government from a path. Um, but if there would be somebody like not a 45 minute speaker, but like a, a five minute kind of neat thing, you should think about that. In the past, green energy. You know, in, in the state that has something to say about the climate bill, might be um in the past green energy consumer alliance has talked about wind turbines and the importance of wind energy as part of this event um so it may be that it would make sense that while they do um a couple of wind turbine tours over the course of it they take 10 minutes or five to ten minutes to talk about the importance of local renewable energy um and the aggregation not just at their table but more like as a speech to everybody. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out how we hit that balance of not boring to tears people who are there, but providing a little bit of something interesting and different. So. I do think it's a good thing to have some official um, recognition of important things that are happening. Um, and I think it's nice to have the exposure of having the mayor present and, and participating. And uh, if there isn't something like a Green Awards, then I think having a, a, a more of a, an announcement or um, other activity that she can participate in would be great. Sorry, Alicia, I'm confused. So this would be for the wind turbine tour or for the green energy for the festival? So at the festival itself, it's a, it's we've always done wind turbine tours at the festival. 
Okay, sorry. I I'm, because I know that in your newsletter there's a particular wind turbine event coming up in September, so that's why I got confused. Sorry about that. Yeah. So in September there's going to be. So what green energy consumers said to us is, "Hey, those tours we always do at the festival. Can we do them a second time in Medford?" And they didn't think it was too close together to do that in September and the regular tours in October. So. Thank you. Thank you. Alicia, while I have you, I know you're so busy. I just want to ask you, we've always, um, well, I shouldn't say always, the last five years we've done material recycling and we had the high school students participate with the PTA groups. Oh, yeah. Is that something we will do this year? Because I mentioned it to Leah to reach out to Curtis to see if high school students would help based on if we can do that this year. Right, so we can collect textiles. Um, and what we did in recent years was we just recruited students to come um, help. And Curtis isn't working in the schools right now. He hasn't been oh. this past year. Oh, I didn't know um, that. But uh, it's easy enough for us to reach out to the high school um, CCSR and ask them to volunteer. And I think the Boy Scouts have actually, am I right, Leah? They've already reached out to us about volunteering. <clears throat> Yeah, um, so we can always, we'll collect stuff um, and we'll get, it'll be easy. Uh, it's easy for me to get high school students right now and it's easy for Leah to get tough students. So yeah, Leah, did you we... mention about the tough students you were thinking about asking to help? I did not, but um, so yeah, so we're looking to have Garbage to Garden provide event composting there. So if there's food vendors and people want to compost whatever is left over of their food, then Garbage to Garden will uh, provide bins for the event and then take away the compost at the end. But Garbage to Garden was asking us to find volunteers to kind of stand by the bins and help people know what can go in the compost and what has to go in the trash. Um, and I know quite a few people at Tufts, students and uh, like faculty that would be able to help us out with that. That's great. Um, and, and can I, on the same topic, ask about um, uh, electronic recycling? We have had mm -hmm. that in the past. I know that it has also been a challenge to get on occasion. Um, and we weren't going to have it last year. Uh, do we know where that stands this year? We have not currently nailed down anything, but I am working on a few different options. So we are hoping to have some form of electronics recycling at the event. Were you able to get in touch with Northeast Material Handling with people who've done it in the past? I am gonna I'm gonna reach out to them. Oh, okay. Um, hopefully this week. <laughs> okay. Thank you for doing that. That is and great. I'll mention this on the public meeting, especially in case anybody knows. Some of you will remember that from some years, we've run the recycling, electronics recycling ourselves as a committee. And we've been much happier when we've found an outside group to run it um, as a fundraiser. And so one of the things I've just mentioned to Leah today was to try and find an outside group to run it. So we're actually gonna do this in parallel. She's reaching out to recycling, electronics recycling companies to line them up. 
and at the same time to see if there's a group. So we've had um, the rowing club do it. We've had the friends of the library do it. Um, I can't remember if we had a third group do it, um, but basically the idea would be that somebody else would say, we'll run it as a fundraiser and then we'll just hand off the connection for the electronics recycling company and have them do like, we'll still say where on the property they should set up, but then have some outside other group manage it. It's mostly for logistics because there really is, there's a lot to do and it's really helpful to have a, another group managing that piece of it. That's uh, great. Anybody oh, knows a group that would like the fundraising opportunity. Um, the friends of the library said to us last time they did it, that it was great. It made a lot of sense, but they would, they think it would also make sense to have a different group do it every year as a benefit to a different community group and not just have one community group that monopolizes the opportunity every year. Yeah. Um, and Lee is also reaching out to a shredding truck. And then that's something that we're also trying to see companies that are interested in sponsoring. If any of them want to sponsor a shredding truck can cost us between eight, eight to $1,200 for the afternoon. Um, it depends on which company is available and we can, which one we can get for how much it costs. Um, and textile shredding electronics, those are the three. The other thing we talked about today was if there are any groups that like, so there are some cities that will do a donation day where they will have groups that take donations come and set up their own table and then we'll advertise it as part of it that you can bring, you know, donations of toiletries. You can bring donations of, I don't know what else. Um, but if you know of any groups that would like to host a table and take donations, um, that once people start bringing stuff to give away, they're like, well, what else can I bring to this event and give it all away at once? It, people kind of People are into that get really excited about that. Um, so you know what might be nice is a micro pantry directory for the city, and then maybe if there's an undeployed micro pantry to have one there so people could see what they look like. That's uh -huh. an interesting thing, Leah. If you make a note of that, um, the our DPW has been building the micro pan pantries. So they could do that. And if you could touch base with Sarah McGivern in the health department, she works on food security. And so she is the one who puts together the PDFs about uh, where to get food and where the micro pantries are and stuff. So we could talk to her about getting like pretty things that we can print out for the event. Ask her if she wants a table. I think that'd be, mm -hmm. uh, be great. Bob, when is the next energy meeting? Uh, September 13th. And then there's one the first Monday in October. So we have two more meetings before the Harvest Energy Festival. That's what I was wondering. Between them, I think, Alicia, you should send us, work with uh, Leah to send us, you know, things you want us to help out with, advice, et cetera, uh, between meetings. Yeah, I'm just concerned that time's going to go really quickly. And one of the members here 
I think it's John Rogers, or maybe it was Luke, usually does the um, floor plan for the festival, uh, the seating plan, you know, for the tables. Um, yeah, I could probably do done, that. Well, they made us a PDF of where the tables go, and then we usually figure out in the office which tables should actually, like, we assign companies to tables, and they just made the layout. So we have the old one. Oh, we do. Oh. Yeah, it's a PDF that we saved, unless we want to oh. adjust it. Right. Let me know because I'm I'm the one who made that PDF, and I can I'd be happy to, uh, you know, follow any adjustments and things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thanks. I think we're going to move on, uh, but send us emails, uh, Leah and Alicia, between meetings. Uh, I want to get into now the uh, the tree and canopy urban canopy management subcommittee and the discussion of the draft tree ordinance. Uh, so I think that subcommittee and Sue Brown are going to cooperate in the next, you know, several, um, you know, until eight, about eight o'clock to talk about this issue. Hi everyone, I'm Sue. Um, and I have a PowerPoint deck if I could be made co-host. And I'm also putting a link to that deck in the um, chat. Um, and also we have here Amanda Bowen, who we, Amanda and I are both volunteers with um, Trees Medford. Um, so Sue, I um, made it so that anybody can share screen. Oh, okay, awesome. There's really only members of the committee on the call, but we are on TV, so don't think other people aren't watching. Well, I've changed my bank account, closed my bank statement, so we're good. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to prepare a deck mostly to keep myself organized because I've had a long work day and make sure that um, I hit these points just to introduce us, but Trees Medford to you all. Um, loop back to the tree plan that came out of this committee and talk about um, a tree ordinance that was presented by Councillor Knight um, a couple of years ago and that made it into subcommittee a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then uh, just a spoiler alert, um, the councillors and the zoning subcommittee invited Trees Medford to draft changes to that tree ordinance. And so um, we're looking for some help in doing that. But Trees Medford is a volunteer organization um, that just recently attained 501c3 status. Um, we've been around for, that's four years now, Amanda? <laughs> um, and what we do as an, uh, a volunteer organization right now, we focus on um, uh, getting grant monies uh, to support the tree canopy in Medford. So mostly for tree planting, tree protection and tree inventorying. Um, we communicate with the community and we support our tree warden. So we um, over on the left are a little bit of uh, some highlights of the accomplishments of the group in the past four years. Um, significantly, one of our members, Sarah has been really instrumental in fundraising. 
Um, and coordinating with some volunteer groups like the Girl Scouts, we have uh, created a bigger community to communicate with and also um, protect trees through watering. Um, we have, we meet monthly and we have high, a lot of aspirations. And these are some of the things that we talk about over here on the right. Um, things that we would like to do, or we kind of have moving in an action. Um, uh, this is fed a lot by uh, the interest of members in our group. Um, we have one member who's very passionate about identifying gas leaks, linking them to dead and dying trees, and trying to get some remediation from um, uh, about that. Um, we see a tree inventory is one of the critical things we need in place, uh, tree inventory of street trees in order to do uh, better protection. But a lot of what we do actually should look familiar to you because um, was it two years ago that the um, Energy and Environment Commission Committee um, issued a tree plan? You called it a tree report. And over on the left, are the top as a summary of the top 10 items that you all recommendations that came out of that report. Trees Medford, in all honesty, looks to that report quite often um, to identify and validate our own assumptions about what we want to move forward on. I've highlighted in green things we have accomplished that were on that tree report. And in uh, red, brown, um, are things that we are actively pursuing right now. There are other things we talk about, like that landmark tree program, but Amanda, I just made a decision that we aren't as far along on that as we are with some other things. We also look on the right, there are links to a few other um, important open space or environmental protection documents that have come out of Medford in the past three, four years. We really reference that quite a bit too. So thank you for the tree report because it's been very helpful. And indeed, um, <coughs> the counselors in the subcommittee um, did mention it on uh, July 28th when they talked about the ordinance. So um, I think it was February 26, 2019, when Adam Knight um, uh, presented to the full city council uh, an ordinance, adopt tree, uh, adopt tree preservation protection and replacement ordinance. Um, that was uh, pretty quickly voted into subcommittee where it sat until um, July 28th. There was some discussion on July, uh, that ordinance in the main, what it does um, is it picks up from what the city of Newton's ordinance, pretty much cut and paste. Um, with inserting what uh, Councillor Knight's goal is, which was to very specifically target the situation of developers coming into Medford and clear cutting um, plots of land. Um, I think he was motivated by a plot that's on, uh, it's right near me and the name of the road is-, is I believe on Winthrop. Yes, thank you very much, Luke. Yes, it's the Winthrop Street. Um, we went, uh, Amanda and I went to that sub zoning subcommittee meeting. We asked a few questions. I think Martha was there as well. She asked a few questions 
And the end result of that subcommittee meeting was that the councilors uh, Falco, Scarpelli and Knight, three councilors on that subcommittee voted to one, invite Trees Medford to submit improvements to that draft ordinance. We heard rewrite it. That's what I heard. And then two, they also voted that the next time they would talk about that ordinance would be at a committee of the whole to be determined once we get that done and submitted. So where we are right now, Trees Medford, is we don't want to do this on our own. We want to do this in community. And we know that this community, uh, this committee, has done a lot of work in thinking about trees and tree canopy and protection of tree canopy. So we wanted to reach out to you all to learn um, if there's anyone interested in helping us, collaborating with us. Um, or in the absence of that, like in this meeting, kind of brainstorm if there are ideas that we should be thinking of for that ordinance approval. And Amanda, I know you only have a couple of minutes. You have a hard stop at 7.30. I don't know if you want to, did I miss anything? No, that's great. And I, I've got a few more minutes. I just, uh, I just, I didn't realize we were going to be in this part of the agenda. I'm sorry. Um, but we, we really would like to hear um, um, your thoughts about this and um, want, want um, people at least to review whatever we come up with um, in order to make it make it represent people who thought long and hard about this. So I'll just pause there and see if there is any comment or thought about experience working on such a thing that y'all can share with us. Sue, um, I don't, can everyone hear me? Yes. Hello, yeah. Um, I know Somerville uh, just passed a, um, a planting, a native planting ordinance. Yes. In, in May. Um, uh, and from what I've read, it was uh, Katana Ballantyne, who was the councillor there, Ward 7 City Councillor, uh, who mm -hmm. passed this ordinance, so we started this ordinance. And I wonder if, if um, uh, Trees Met has been in touch with, with Somerville to uh, incorporate some of their ideas into having uh, native plants, um, uh, some percentage of native plants in, 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 uh, in Medford as well. Um, I think the closest we've done, we definitely noticed it, we read about it, we talked briefly um, to Aggie about her thoughts about it, and um, she was a little um, um, hesitant to say she thought this was um, the way to go, sort of 100%, um, because uh, um, not in, in not all cases were the native plant species that the, the ones that she thought would thrive best in, in street conditions. But, um, but that was just a very preliminary discussion right when it happened. And we, we haven't gotten any further with it than that so far. And there's also thought out there in the tree world about anticipating a warmer climate and so planting for um, you know, climates that are slightly to the south of us so that the trees live actually. And that is actively happening. Um, we are planting right now in the city um, um, things that are more southerly trees. 
Okay. Okay. I I would be happy to help in any way. Um, just let me know what you need. Um, Sorry, could um, you just say your name so I can get it for the record, yeah, my please? Name is Paul Paul Tazwini, T A S I M I. Yeah. Hi. Thank you, Paul.